It's been a while. It's been six months. Has it been six? No. Dude, we did December. Uh, December. No, 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 no. We did uh, Willow. Uh, I had it here in March. Did I we? Think, I think, or in February. Yeah, Burgle Cut, your, your trash. That's the title of that podcast. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been, a, it's been a little while. It's been three months. <laughs> it feels like it's been a lot longer. Yeah, I was like, I don't know how to set this shit up anymore. It's been six months. Okay. It's only we both three. moved. Yeah. I'll be moving again soonish. You know, fucking fucking life, man. Yeah, it's weird. I'm in my new office. I'm in my new office. You're in my old office. Yeah. I can't it's wait. very fucking weird. Can't wait to leave. All right. Well, <laughs> we're going to talk about Indiana Jones. Shall we do this? Yeah, why not? Cue the music. Welcome to Hit Cannon. I'm James. And I'm Marco Sparks. And we're back. I mean, if anything could bring us back to the microphones, it had to be Indiana Jones, Mr. Henry Jones Jr. Um, sorry I've been away for so long. We've just been busy, you know. It's not really yeah. like planned or anything, but fucking busy these days. And most of the movies have been bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling, Marco? I'm fine. Good. Fine. Can we talk about Asteroid City instead? That was great. Ah, see, I haven't seen it. I really want to see it. I, that, like, there's, like, two movies I really want to see. Asteroid City and um, Past Lies. Those are, like, yeah. my, like, like real, like, serious prestige movies I want to see. And But instead, the last two movies I've seen have been um, No Hard Feelings and Indiana Jones 5. Yeah, I was I was bummed when I walked out of Dial Destiny because I was looking at the poster and there was like, oh, now playing it at this theater. And I was like, oh, shit, I'll come back in two days and watch it. And it's not playing. Wait, really? Past Lies? They're not playing that close to us. Uh, You'd have to go a little ways. Well, what yeah. the fuck else am I doing? Eventually, it's going to end up on Apple, but uh, I'd rather watch it before that. True, true. Well, speaking of, what are you watching these days? Um, been rewatching Lost. Really? Yeah. Why not? What? Um, uh, where are you at? At almost the end of season three. Okay. Some good shit there. We have to go back. Some real good shit. Yeah. Um. Is the person that you're watching it with? Are they familiar with the the show with the series? No. No. Okay. No. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I'm watching anything else currently. The last show I watched was probably Severance. That was a while ago. Yeah. What, um, what about Cruel Summer season oh, two? Good segue. I did watch the first episode. Um, As did I. People want us to podcast about that. Do we want to? Uh... I guess it depends if, if if Dial Destiny reveals that we still have a microphone addiction. Why not? Because, I mean, it'll be 10 minutes on each episode of Cruel Summer and then whatever else we want to talk about. I watched, you know, S2E1 and it just kind of seemed lesser in every way from the first season. Mm-hmm. It was like, it's a lot of like, oh, we're doing this again, but just like not as interesting. You know, it reminds me. I have an off-air question to ask you about one of the actors. Okay, um, the, uh, the lead actor really felt like like discount Olivia Holt to me too. That that probably didn't help. 
Well, like she's she's discount Olivia Hull and Kiara Aurelia. Yeah. Combined into one. The other the other girl, Maya St. St. James. St. Germain. So whatever. It's been a while. I'm not feeling great. Um fucking and so like the I don't know, man. The 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 dad's the real killer, right? Like Okay, so we've only seen the first episode. We haven't we don't not even spoiler bothers. for our own potential yeah. podcast. The dad's the killer, right? probably so there is a whole thing where it's like oh she sees the cops are sniffing around she's gonna go clean up some blood in the cabin 100 percent, that's a misdirect that's gonna be yeah. something else not the kid who's dead you know like like I'm, I'm totally expecting that to be like they maybe like murdered somebody else and hid the body and like that that's what she was worried about or something or um, somebody slipped and hit their head but like yeah. the the wozniak guy is somewhat involved i just like the I don't know that cruel summer was season one was a more interesting mystery because it was like, Oh, this girl who disappeared is back now. And she's like accusing you of like knowing that she was kidnapped and doing nothing. That was like very like juicy and intriguing here. It's just like uh, some kids dead. Maybe they did it. You know, it's like, Oh, okay. I also, that's... I don't know. You can, there's, there's certain pieces of art. There's a lot of pieces of art where you can just feel a confident hand. Mm-hmm. You know, like like they know exactly what they're doing, and the Cruel Summer season one had that. Cruel Summer season two doesn't have that. I the year and a half timeline makes no sense, or it's just not. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like enough to go from whatever boring girl to like Trinity. Well, they're, they're from the still Matrix. doing like the color filter thing, where it's like all blue in one timeline and green in another. But it's just like it feels too samey to me. To also, the, the mom is on pills but she's still dating the guy or whatever what's yeah, happening I there know. i just all all the um the like winter 1999 stuff where it's like very clearly shot in the summer is just distracting yeah. to me yeah it's like that's yeah. not what the pacific northwest looks like in december well it's like who's like you know what we need is we need a cruel summer show set in forks mm-hmm. yeah yeah, sure. I mean, let's just we'll just port over that. All right, I'm gonna minutes. hold you to that now. I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking like send you a bunch of Google invites or something like for the next cool. like two weeks straight. We'll just be banging cool. them out. Well, we're not gonna be banging them out, but we'll be doing them. <laughs> the uh, the last episode will come out weeks after the last episode airs, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll invite uh, all of last season's guests to join us on the podcast too. Yeah, everyone's favorite uh, season finale guest for Caitlin. Um, there was one thing I saw like randomly, like somebody on Reddit was like begging us to do a show called School Spirits, which is like Goldstick and Elijah Baraz, um, and a bunch of oh, other oh, people. Oh, oh, yeah, with uh, what's that girl's name? The short blonde hair now. The the other Peyton List. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other Peyton List. How like, does that work? How do you have two Peyton Lists? So weird. What if we did this? What if we both watched the pilot of that, and then like decided which one we'd rather talk about that or Cruel Summer season two? Or if we just doubled up and just did episode one of each in the same episode. You're just I love how you like keep giving yourself more work to do. This I know. is great. Our our cruel summer slash school spirits podcast. Mm-hmm. We could just backdoor it where we talk about cruel summer for like five minutes and you know. Yeah. All right. Um well we'll figure that out. Stay tuned. Yeah. Coming tomorrow. Uh, what have I been watching? Have you been watching Secret Invasion? No, I have not. I totally forgot that existed. How was that? Uh, the fact that the uh the opening se- sequence like title cards are it's all AI. I feel like that's 
that's such a perfect encapsulation of the show. Like you're just like, yep, that's what Marvel is now. It's just like AI generated blah. Mm. It's uh, it's not good. It's boring. It wants to be Andor, but it's not because mm-hmm. you know none of the filmmakers are Tony Gilroy. Um, mm. Yeah, it's just man. It's six episodes. I watched two of them. They have washed over me like oil. Mm. Been watching I Silo. Mean, I- you watching Silo? Yeah, why not? I have like okay. free Apple TV Plus right now. I don't know. It's like, it's kind of losty. It's definitely not as good. I, part of my interest in that show is apparently it is based, Rebecca Ferguson. Well, yes, but also it is based on some novels like that were um, Amazon like self published. Like self published. So I'm like, oh, interesting, interesting. So Apple will do that, huh? Well, they eventually were published by real publishers, yeah, sure. though. I mean, the show's, I don't know. The first two episodes were like mildly intriguing. And then like there were like five episodes straight where it seemed like nothing happened. And there's like all these like tangents and whatnot. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's like two to go that I have. The guy's got a name. Like if they ever replaced Jimmy Olsen and Superman's new buddy would be like Hugh Howie. Hugh Howie. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson's decent in it, I guess. I there's like there's like a whole in, thing. Uh, dead reckoning. No, no, she's gonna. You're gonna think she's dead in Dead Reckoning Part One, then she'll come back. That's, I, I that's my so. prediction. But um, there's like a whole thing in it's this like weird silo society. It's like nobody knows who built the silo. Like they have no history, and you're not allowed to ask or whatever. Um, but it's all it's all vertical, right? And mm. it isn't until like episode six or something that somebody mentions the fact that like elevators are outlawed. Because like the whole time I've been watching, I'm like, why the fuck don't they have elevators? Like. Like there's all these like, you know, conflicts that are derived around like having to go up and down, like, you know, hella stairs. It takes like a day to like to traverse up or down the silo. And like they finally just mentioned in passing episode six. Oh, by the way, elevators are outlawed. That's why this show is like this. It's like it seems like you could have brought that up sooner. There's all these shows like that and that Snowpiercer show, which as a TV show, I sit there and think like. How does that work? As a, and I thought about the Infinity Train too. Like, how does that work as a TV show? Because you're going from car to car to car to car, but like, you're not really going to do callbacks because, you know, it used to be TV was episodic. Mm-hmm. You didn't really need that stuff. But now we're so building on each other. Like, are you just going to be going back and forth, back and forth? Was it some serious British actor who was like, as you know, all elevators are outlawed? It was like, what are the three rules of the silo? You know, like, no building magnification devices. Uh, that can see better than the human eye. Like no creating conveyances that are mechanical and can take people up and down the stairs. You're like, okay, whatever. Conveyances. So it's, I've seen like, well, not a trailer, I don't think, but a picture. Like they all wear like knitwear. Is that because the first book was called Wool? Oh, I have no idea. Seems like a lot of they're sweaters. all they're all underground, and so like presumably they don't have a way of producing new materials. They're just recycling constantly. They all look like they live in a. Swedish fishing village or something. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, what are you reading? Uh, Everyone in my family has killed someone by Benjamin Stevenson. All right. Interesting. Yeah. I am not reading anything right now because all my books are packed. I feel like I need to uh, remedy that situation. I'm like yeah. desert of the mind right now. Mm-hmm. What are you listening to? I don't know. Random, random music. Just 
songs yeah. that come to me as I grab them. No, name, name one song. Uh, let me open up my my iTunes. Do it. Oh, please. Do it. Do it. Do it. Why don't you Do fill time? I've been listening words. to a lot of Hall and Oates lately. I got nothing Porque? from you. Nothing at all. Okay. <laughs> no, that that there's like a Hall and Oates song that comes up. It's the uh, the one from uh, Five Hundred Days of Summer. It comes up on my YouTube mix. Huh. You make my dreams. Mm-hmm. Featuring uh, uh, in the in the the movie featuring Han Solo winking at. Yeah, the music video JGL. for it is like goofy as hell. Like I don't know. I've been, become kind of obsessed with old eighties music videos. Like they're so weird, but they're so much more interesting than anything that's happened in like music culture in the last like fifteen years. Mm. The last song I downloaded was "Kisses" by Slow Dive. All right, there you go. Well, let's slow dive into Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Spoiler alert! Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the whole thing here. So be ready. Mm-hmm. Would you like to give us your opening statement, Marco? Sure. Uh, I feel like overall this, I'll have less to say than you. Um, I enjoyed this movie. I didn't love this movie. It was not amazing. Um, it's definitely a nostalgia trip, but these movies have nostalgia baked into the series. It's an adventure movie that doesn't feel that adventurous. Uh, what works here works because of Harrison Ford, because uh, of the hard work that he's put into his entire career, into this character, into the fact that he exists. Uh, four writers were needed to make this movie. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they needed another four to figure it out. Cast is fine. The characters aren't fully realized. I I would have loved to have been an actor in this movie. And when you're dealing with some of the issues, you could have just been like, oh, I was also deep faked like young Indiana Jones at the beginning. That's why I'm so dead eyed. Um, Mangold is a good director. He just doesn't have the visual clarity and the rhythm of Steven Spielberg. The villain is boring to me. Um uh, I think on some level we're supposed to compare Indian Voller. That's his, that's his name, right? Dr. I think Voller. We say, his, we say his name one time in the movie because mm-hmm. they're both stuck in the past wanting to fix their mistakes. There is not enough Antonio Banderas. Bottom line, uh, the last act isn't shocking. It's just not thought out enough. And I think by the end of the movie, it was like, oh, shit, we've been doing this for two and a half hours. We should just kind of wrap this up. And I have I have mild questions throughout. Off to you. All right. Yeah, I just came out of this thinking like they were so close. I, I really feel like this movie has the bones and ideas of an Indiana Jones classic in it. Uh, it just needed more time in the oven. Like you can really feel like all these studio notes. Like we have to include this kind of character, or we have to have this kind of sequence because it's Indiana Jones. So you have to put this in it. You know, um, we really needed like a ruthless rewrite. Rewrite that cut out like all the extra nonsense. Like, make every action scene 50% shorter, cut a bunch of characters, just kind of focus in on a singular Petty. theme to explore. Um, and I, I feel like that theme either needs to be depressed indie looking back with regret, which is, you know, things he could change, or out of time indie on one last adventure into the past. Like, the movie's like kind of trying to do both at the same time, and I don't think they land either one of them as well as they could. Um, not to mention just there's so many extra characters that like serve no purpose other than plotting. Um, you might get mad at me for this, but like, did we really need Phoebe Waller bridge in this movie? Like really the kid that, that whole CIA agent plotline Boyd Holbrook, like why are these people in the movie? Even Sala was just kind of there um, to get, like have like one good line and then come back at the end. I don't know. There's a ton I really enjoyed about the movie, but there's just so much random crap. And like too many overlong chase scenes, like in between everything that just like it kept interrupting what could have been a much more satisfying experience for me. 
in statement. The Phoebe Waller-Bridge thing is fascinating because I feel like she's almost a holdover from one of the earlier attempts to get this project started when like her her star was a lot hotter. Yeah, it's been a while since. Uh, yeah, and it's like you know the Amazon thing because of because of stuff and Donald Glover like that never worked out. I mean, she's she's there's interviews with shocks about the, that process. The solo thing is not anyone's best work especially not hers um it just seems like when they when they bring in people all their bridge into one of these like franchises and they're kind of like you can punch up your own dialogue like i just don't know if that works as well as like just having her do her own thing like like in her own uh you know creation rather than trying to just stick it into something else yeah oh yeah you have like she can bring she can create a tone for a project but like bringing her into another project that has its own tone, sometimes it's not a perfect marriage. There were a couple times where I swore she spiked the camera in this, like she was Fleabag or something, and it was oh, just yeah. like, yeah, it was like, eh, what are we doing? Like this isn't like I I like Fleabag, I like Indiana Jones. I don't know that they necessarily mix well together. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't have any. I don't know her career. It's like it's. It should be a lot different than than what it is, but I feel like th- things take too long. Well, this is almost like to, a, to have total control over your own creative project. It's just like the problem with the way modern, you know, narrative art gets made is that like you have a small success, and they're like, "Here's a shit ton of money. We want you to like make blockbusters now." And, but it's like, what if that's just not like you know? She should just be doing killing ease and flea bags and stuff like that. Like she doesn't need to be rewriting or, Indiana, uh, Indiana Jones or, or uh, James Bond movies, you know, or I would argue creating her own like big yeah, just, blockbuster. Just go do where, your like own I thing. said, yeah, where she controls the tone and they're not like, we have a specific tone and we want you to come in and do your own thing. It's like, now you're just setting her up for failure. Uh, but I mean, like, I think, I think part of the problem too, is just the reason this movie lost Spielberg. It took too long. And he's like, I'm going to go do fucking Fablemans or, or whatever the mm-hmm. hell. Um, which to me it should have been the end of the project. I rewatched uh, Crystal Skull on a plane uh, a few weeks ago. You know what? The first hour and a half, I, I didn't finish it, but at the first hour and a half, like it's fine. It's not spectacular. I feel it's like fine. I've listened to like ten different podcasts over the last few weeks where everybody says the exact same thing. They're like, "Yeah, yeah rewatch that movie. It started out fine." Yeah, and then it just like, well, I mean, what's funny is that one of the big issues with that movie is like they introduced too many indie sidekicks. Like yeah. that was like one thing that seemed like most people agreed on. There's just like too many that you've got Marion and you've got Mutt and you've got um what's his face? Ray Winstone yeah. and uh John Hurt. John Hurt. It's yeah. just like it's too much. And then in this movie they start making the same mistake again. It's mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? <laughs> like Well the, the the Teddy stuff is all wrong. Why is movie? Teddy in this movie? He's not as annoying as he could be, but he's all wrong. He's just there. Like, You're like, why what it's like there's so much like engineering in the script to explain why he needs to be in certain places you're like oh, okay i guess that's why he had to be there when you're like you could have just cut all this out no like would have shortened the movie by a half hour and nobody would complain well there's too much qc setup that i feel like works just in the world that a spielberg creates like the whole fake p- plane thing he's doing in the club like spielberg could have been like okay this kid's adorable whatever we can make this work but there's too much like Oh, by the way, everyone, I'm also a pickpocket. Wink. You know what that's going to yeah. be for? Like, yeah. all right. But like, he's just, and he's just holds to that point that my son died. 
you'd think he'd be freaking out more about this kid, but then he's like, don't worry. They're not going to kill the kid. We're fine. We don't have to go after him. It's like, this is wrong. All right. Let's do top moments here. I've got three honorable mentions and then three real ones. No, go for it. I, I have very few. How how many is very few? I have three because I, I, this was the part that I, I'm least prepared for. Sorry. All right. Um, my honorable mention number one is when Indy says something to the effect of, he's talking to uh, Helen Ashaf, the Waller Bridge character. And he says, do you really want to chase down the thing that drove your father insane? And she goes, wouldn't you? Like, it was like, there's these occasional moments where it's like, ooh, you nailed that. You know, like, you hit the right line there. Um, I thought that was one of them. Uh, honorable mention number two, the Moonday horse chase. It went on for too long, but, you know, a horse in a subway station, like, okay, I don't, I don't think I've seen this before. You know, like, we're doing something. Let me, let me jump in with one honorable mention. Mm-hmm. The first few minutes of when the plane flies into, I'm sorry, spoilers, like obviously, mm-hmm. when it flies into the past and mm-hmm. it's like you just see like Roman arrows and shit flying at them, which is the same shit that took Daenerys down. Yeah, the uh, ballistas, I think. Yeah. All right. Um, and then my number four or my, my honorable mention number one would be um, the Archimedes tomb stuff. I thought there was some stuff with... Um, just it, it's weird Indiana Jones stuff where you're like moving mirrors and lights around and puzzles to solve. Like that always works well. I don't think it was executed as well as it could be here, but I'm I'm always game for that kind of thing. And like what finding the wristwatch and stuff like that, you know. What if you went to a cavern full of nostalgia? Yeah. How much methane can you actually breathe? That sequence was so like I don't know. It was just like it was lacking, you know? It was just like there's got to be a better way to stage this. They're just kind of like coughing, but well, not she's like dying and he's like don't breathe. But not really. He, starts, he starts like monologuing. She's coughing a lot and you're just like I don't know, like I needed something visual, like we needed a ticking clock, like just something yeah. to like add the tension a little more. It's like how bad is it, you know? And then they go down into the thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, What's your number 3? Top moment. Uh, it, it's it's a moment from the trailer. It's the moment in Morocco when he cracks the whip and he's like, "Get back!" And then they all like whip out guns, which is like again, it's it's uh, nostalgia playing with with the first movie, but it was fun. Not a lot of whip in this movie. I think that might have been one of the only whip moments. You say this movie didn't whip? Did not whip. Uh, my number three, the uh, the sequence on the train when the Gatling gun has been bombed and it's just like firing away like into the train because it's like going around a, a curve like that to me was like, Ooh, that's a cool visual. Like that's something I haven't seen before in a movie. Like, like that I feel like rose to the level of like a classic, like indie action sequence. Um, some of that are seen as, as with most of the movie, it just goes on too long and it's like, you could have done this better. But like, I did like that bit of it where like all the dudes are getting shot off the train and stuff. Hmm. Uh, my number two is just, while I didn't love the scene itself, it was just nice seeing Indy and Marion on screen together again. Sure, sure. At the end. How did you feel about the uh, where does it hurt? I would have executed that differently. I mean, that is the callback to do. I would have executed slightly differently. I would have maybe made that go on a little bit longer because I felt like that whole scene, they were just like, all right, folks, wrap it up. We're, we're back in the apartment. Um, answer number two. My number two is when Indy tells us what he'd do if he could go back in time and find out mm. what happened to Mutt. 
It's just that's damn. That's my number one. <laughs> that's your number one. Because well, I mean, like Harrison Ford is like killing it there. Like he's yeah. every good moment in this movie is because Harrison Ford like can still bring it at like 80 or however old he was when he filmed this. Well, cause she sets him up. She's like, what would you tell him? And he's mm-hmm. like, I tell him that he died, <laughs> that he's going <laughs> to die. Yeah. It's like, Oh shit. And then I'm sitting there like in that theater, I'm like nodding my head and I'm like, that's a good way to get rid of Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. 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 All right. My number one, this is kind of your number four is just going through the portal. I know this is, it's a controversial ending of the movie. Some people hate this, but I was just like, fuck. Yeah. Like, like I was totally fine with like an insane time travel, like third act thing. I like to go into the past. Um, could have been done better. Absolutely. But I, I like the chutz of it. Hmm. I just felt like, I don't know. Like, I like that way you saw like the ships at first and it seemed like it was like, they thought you, it was know, Nazi, day. you thought it was like allies fighting Nazis. And then it's like, yeah. Oh no, wait, those are trimarines. Like that was cool. Yeah. I just, I, 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 it's weird when it's like uh, a bit of history that we have not heard him ever talk about in the movies before. Mm-hmm. And he's like, just like, I've studied all my life. This is where I want to be. And it's just like, specifically here. Well, I kept thinking, I, I was thinking on the ride home, like, could there have been a more, I don't know, like Judeo Christian event that he could have visited that would have like thematically tied in a little more with like last crusade and, and Raiders of the lost Ark. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know yeah, what yeah. event that would be, you know, but like, it's like, ah, yes, the siege of Syracuse. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What is he going to go back to the fucking crusade? I, mean, I yeah, feel I like know. maybe like Henry Jones senior might've mentioned Archimedes once in a past movie or something, but yeah, it's not like we were really, you know, hitting that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. How old? I'm trying to remember. I never actually looked this up. How old is Indy actually supposed to be in 1969? Uh, I don't know. Good question. He's probably in his mid 30s. In the mid 30s. Um, okay. So. so he's not. He's like 10 years younger than Harrison. Probably. Ford. Yeah. Okay. Because I was like, he's not actually 80 in the movie. He's probably closer to 70. Yeah. It was the so the audience was dead in my theater. Oh yeah. The the gun like the the you know get back whip thing and then they mm. pull the guns up that was the one laugh in the theater the only other moment where people had any kind of reaction is when he takes off his shirt at the very beginning or the very beginning of the real stuff and people are kind of like ah and then they were like ah. <laughs> somehow he still got it he, he can still get it mm-hmm. all right well let's move into the general discussion here um we have a very long like flashback sequence to open the movie. <laughs> Maybe too long. Um, oh, for real. I mean, it's it's an in-me-a-ray in opening, and so it's like, oh, we're right into the action, but then it just it goes and goes and goes. There were way too many moments in this movie where, like, Indy or one of the, the other, you know, protagonists has been, like, captured by the bad guy, and the bad guy should just put a bullet in their head right there and be done with it, but instead they're like, bring him, you know, bring her, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, why do you keep bringing these people with you, like, just so they could be in the movie some more? Yeah, hey, but but you're going to put a bullet in Antonio Banderas. Oh, yeah, like, oh, man, don't get, get me fucking started on that, man. That was like Antonio the, Banderas would have killed it in this That movie didn't make like my top role. moments, because I don't know if there's one specific moment, but, like, when he shows up, I'm like, ooh, we got some juice here. Like, we got a live wire. Like, this guy feels like he belongs in an Indiana Jones movie. He's got a cool look. He's like a frog man. Like, 
I was like totally into that. And then they like did nothing with him and killed him off. And I was like, uh, never mind. Maybe when the podcast returns in three to six months, we can also introduce bottom moments. Bottom moments. Different kind of bottom moments, <laughs> but bottom moments. <laughs> no, not what you people are thinking. But yeah, the, the flashback sequence, I mean, the CGI was mostly pretty good, but it was like everything was at night and it was very murky. I don't know if that was just like to hide the de-aging or what, but like, I, I couldn't help but think like Spielberg would never allow his movie to look this murky. Like he would, he would make sure you could see fucking everything perfectly. Well, the problem there is that while the deep faking or whatever doesn't look that bad, these movies hang on the charm of Harrison Ford, and it's hard to get that from Dead Eyes. Only in like an old voice too. Like that's one of yeah, those things yeah. you can't hide. Like I mean, Harrison yeah. Ford, his voice is still amazing, but it's definitely older than it used to be. Yeah, um, and they like, could have done there, the, the Mark Hamill thing and had a robot. There was one. No, thank you. There was one shot where Indy's like on top of the train running, and it looks so fake. Like I'm surprised I haven't seen more people talk about it. But like a video it was, game, it looked fake as hell. It looked like a bad video game. Like we can do better than that in video games now. The the prologue felt like something that would happen in like an Indiana Jones novel. Or mm-hmm. like somehow the biggest budgeted young Indiana Jones. They just needed to tighten it up. Ever. Like if you're gonna do a train, do a train. You can't do like he's in like a building that he's gonna get hanged, and then like it it blows up, and then he's like running around. He's in a car at one point, and then he's got to jump on a train. It's just like it goes, it goes, it goes. You know. Yeah. And there was like uh, it was all like about the the was it the Lance of Lon- Longinus. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? But then it's like, no, that was just a fake. And it's like, really, there's this other artifact, the Antikythera, that is, you know, the real thing. Like, it was just like, it was all these like hats on hats there where you could have just, just like simplified, dude, just stream it down. Like, make, like you should have like had a rule like this can't be more than 10 minutes. Like, get in, get out. But it just made me appreciate that the far better train sequence in yeah. Last Crusade happens during the daytime. Yeah. And you can see everything. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, was it just me or did it look like Mads Mikkelsen's Dr. Voller? It was like definitely dead when he got knocked off that train. It looked yeah. like his face got like separated from the rest of his yeah. body. He got like completely annihilated by like, uh, he's like on the train and like something hits him and knocks him off the train. And he it's like, Oh, his... that guy's definitely dead. He's back later. This must be some sort of weird time travel thing. But like, no, it wasn't. It was just like, he was fine. Is, he should so have had a, a fucking comical ass scar, at least. Like a Bond villain or something. Yeah. Like, well, the problem is we're, we've been introduced to Mads Mikkelsen when he's always perpetually like frozen in time, 50 years old. Mm-hmm. And he looks the same at 30 years apart. Well, that's the thing. I, I kept expecting it to be like, oh, he's somehow like the one we're seeing in 1969 has time traveled or, or something. You know, like it's like there's some sort of weird time travel thing. Cause, and he's making lots of weird vague references to time and like you know like reversing time and all that so i'm like okay he's gonna go back and stop himself from dying but like no that he he was fine i guess he just got you know blasted in the face on a train going 80 miles an hour and like fell somehow was fine and just shook it off and he's totally perfect and healthy 30 (laughs) years later you know know his fault here is hitler yeah oh yeah so mads mickelson is he might as well be deep faked in this role. This guy has none of the Mads Mikkelsen charm in this this role, uh, to the point where the only the only line that he had that actually I made me laugh at all or made me feel anything is when he's just like, "I am not going back to Alabama." 
<laughs> yeah. Well, the the concept, it's like it's kind of a a spin on the old go back in time and kill Hitler. Like that's what this guy wants to do, but only so he can be an even better Nazi. And he's like, yeah. Hitler wasn't a good enough Nazi. I'm going to kill him and take over. And then like the Nazis will like, you know, will, will win because I'll make all super, the right decisions. Super fewer. Yeah. And then remember that, remember that rumor from a few months or a few years ago where it was like Helena Shaw was like, Indy was going to die and Helena Shaw was going to have to go in and they were going to CGI her into all of Indy's adventures. No. Like now, Oh yeah, that was that was like the rumor for a while. Was that like Indy was going to have died in the past or something or other, and so it was going to suddenly be like Helena Shaw was retcon, and there's going to be all the CGI. The rumor was too fucking insane to, to exist. This but rumor like, imagine, keeps coming up. There was like a Star Wars Episode Nine similar thing about revisiting all these past moments, you know. But like, imagine that bit in Last Crusade where it's like Indy's got to go through Berlin and he's at the rally and he turns around and Hitler signs his notebook, but it's actually Matt Mickelson. <laughs> yeah how do we feel about depressed indie who's getting a divorce get it is it i i I don't have a problem with this per se but like it felt a little too similar to the force awakens where it's like our our harrison ford hero is like down on his luck at the end of his life like i don't know like it's like harrison like they already did this in the force awakens i feel like you got to do something a little different in this one at least he still had chewy yeah or it's it's uh, he's depressed and he's separated from his wife because something happened to his son. It's like okay, yeah. we've kind of seen this. <laughs> funny about him yelling at the kids next door. I don't know. I wanted to see him just like fucking go ham on that fucking hippie man, just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> I, I was like, oh shit, I'm in this movie. When he picks up the fucking bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So my next question, jumping ahead a little bit to the college stuff. Is he celebrating 10 years or is he retiring at this college? He's retiring. Okay. That's what I thought. And that's what Mangold says in the interview is that the the whole thing is he's retiring and they give him this clock and whatever. But like, it's not even the final yet. Specifically, they tell us it's not the final. Wouldn't your professor stick around to the final? I think he'd still be sticking around. They were just like had an impromptu party for him, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I guess he had a, a falling out with like Harvard or wherever he taught before. Um, well, he doesn't he get like fired? He fired slash quits in Crystal Skull. You could tell f- me that, and I would believe you because I yeah. don't remember. So I mean, I don't know. I've always kind of wondered like, what actually is the academic career of Indiana Jones? Because I don't think he's he's spending a lot of time getting published. You know what I mean? Like, well, there's a part in that college sequence where he's just lecturing about the CG Syracuse, I believe. Um, and I was just kind of like, I could just listen to Harrison Ford lecture about history. Like, I could just watch this for a while and I wouldn't mind. You know? I would kill for a like National Geographic series of documentaries where he's narrating whatever historical thing, but mm-hmm. you take the script away from him halfway through and he just has to... It's a wing. It's a wing of voiceover. I think that would be uh, so what fun. What the fuck <laughs> happened here? Let's just shoot this shit. So we're introduced to Fleabag, who was there in the back of the lecture, being like a like a weird teacher's pet, like answering all the questions. Like his students are all disinterested because of the moon landing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and later on, or because their professor is so fucking hot as an old man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like it's it's out of time, indie. It's like they're not, you know, who cares about archaeology anymore? It's all about the space race in the future, which mm-hmm. I guess. That works for me. I just don't think they like 
there's too much other stuff happening to really like like focus in on that particular theme, I think. Yeah. Um Fleabag and him eventually she like they they go to like a bar or something, or she joins them at a bar or something like that, you know, and they like we find out oh she's his goddaughter from oh, um Toby a, Jones. Have a drink every time like Andy downs another whiskey in this movie. Yeah. Hard drinking. Meanwhile, there's like this CIA agent who's like tailing them and is also working with Dr. Voller and his like kind private of like goons. private like neo Nazis, I guess would be the best way to describe them, you know. Um the the CIA thing, I don't know why that was in this movie. Every time that character showed up, I was like, number one, you have a face that's seen an iPhone. Like you don't mm-hmm. look like you belong in the sixties. Mm-hmm. The same with that Teddy kid. And like it was just like, why are you here? And then like she just like randomly gets killed like a third of the way through the movie. And it was like, what was the point of this character? Like, was there supposed to be more? And you cut it out? Like, I don't know why any of that stupid CIA like operation paperclip stuff and oh the president's calling and he blows off the president. Like, why is this in the movie? Can't you just have Dr. Voller be like an evil Nazi from like Argentina or something? I don't know. So presumably Voller will have a cameo for synergy in the background of Oppenheimer. Yeah. In a <laughs> No, but like uh, uh, the fucking uh, the the part that made me laugh the most is at one point when they're chasing him and she's like integrated with Boyd Holbrook, fucking yeah. Boyd Holbrook, fucking Boyd Holbrook. But like, yeah. why uh, was he in this movie? He did. She's nothing. like, she's like, give me that guy's file. And like ten minutes later, someone hands her his file, and I'm like, where the fuck did you get the file from? Like a fucking Kinkos. Yeah. How did you get the fucking file? And it's like, but and she's got CIA goons, but then. Dr. Roller also has his like Nazi goons. There's too many goons. Like, like yeah. you have Dr. Roller and you have like the big guy. Like, I feel like that's kind of all you need, but then they have Boyd Holbrook too. And they have the CIA agent. And like, there was like a random like German dude on crutches for some reason. Like, I don't understand why there are that, that many people involved. So the big guy in movie parlance works. He's just a big guy. Yeah. So you get to keep doing the thing where somebody's like punches him and they look up and they're like, holy shit, you're huge. Boyd Holbrook's whole thing is he's psychotic. I and guess he keeps shooting did, people. Did you realize the point, there's a point later in the movie, though, where he stops somebody else from shooting somebody. And it's like, that's your whole thing, Boyd Holbrook. You love shooting people. It wasn't until I left the theater that I realized that he was like trying to learn German. And it was actually some like yeah. American hick who wanted to be a Nazi. Like yeah, that yeah. didn't really come across entirely to me while watching the movie. I was just kind of like, I guess it's just Boyd Holbrook. But he like is in with the bad guys. Like, I don't know. His character didn't make any sense. I would have cut him entirely. Like there is, there's nothing there to begin with. Um, at the end, when he's just like he keeps firing from the plane after they go through the portal, like for no reason, like he's just like keeps firing on like these random ass like Greeks, and it's like, why are you doing this? Have yeah. you just completely lost your mind? Yes, yes. He, well, like I was really bothered though when they just suddenly had twenty other goons. They're goons, their... just like there's always more goons when they need more goons. Yeah, but it's like yeah, when they're going back in time, and he's like, call up my reserve goons. Like, we're going back in time. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Well, if he's going to have that many goons, we don't need the CIA. Like, just have him, like, yeah. he's, it's like some secret society of ex-Nazis or something, you know? Like, just stick with well, one thing. He, it, it, I the, feel like the writers are like, isn't it interesting how a lot of Nazi scientists were, like, came over to the U.S. and helped with the Apollo program? It's like, yes, that is interesting, but, like, it doesn't really do anything to put that in the movie. You know, yeah, it's like in the movie's not really focusing on that enough to, 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 to be there of yeah. how interesting it is. But like, doesn't he make a? Am, am I? Do I have a false memory of Alder being like call Brazil at one point? 
And I guess that's that's the thing. There. Maybe, yeah. But yeah, just just have them be evil Nazis. We don't need a CIA thing. I don't I don't know what point they're trying to make there. Like, I don't know. Well, I I, I did enjoy Agent Mason's one line, which is just like we're just trying to make you happy. Who's Agent Mason? She's the lady who's seen okay. an iPhone. Yeah, yeah. I, the whole time, every time she appeared on screen, I'm like, what is going on with this character? And then she just died, and like, not even in an interesting way. And you're like, okay, never mind. I don't. I do not even remember how she died. They just like shoot her in the stomach when they're on an airplane, by the way, which is like a uh, place to fire a gun. Um, well, and it's quite Holbrook, though. He loves shooting people. Yeah. Yeah. Cut Boyd, cut her. Like, you, you, I think you just need Dr. Voller and like the big guy and then a bunch of stooges. Like, you don't really need anyone else. Yeah. Definitely not like the German on crutches. Like, that guy disappears halfway through the movie. I'm not sure what he was doing the whole time either. Isn't there like a comment, like a joke at the beginning about how did you break your ankles again? And it's like we don't. Maybe think, yeah. There, there's they I, I reference it. There, this movie is. does so much work explaining itself. Yeah. When it's like, have you seen an Indiana Jones movie? Just let's let's keep it going. You know. Okay, let's just say it real quick because I don't want to lose this. This is like a. This is now considered a box office failure, right? Like it's, it's like. Well, I mean like, it. Bad opening weekend, one of the most expensive movies ever, almost three hundred million. The, the big issue is that they spent so much money making it. Um, it is what is the weekend sixty million? I think that was a little bit above expectations, but it had very bad expectations. So it's like yeah. it's definitely pretty sad for an Indiana Jones movie because this movie needs to make like a billion dollars to break even. Yeah, which yeah. it won't. I think it made one thirty worldwide. Mm. So you know. Maybe uh, maybe Lucasfilm and Disney will figure out that an Indiana Jones movie with an 80-year-old Indiana Jones might not have been the best idea. Especially with the, like all the trailers for this were kind of like, like the, the big thing was like, oh, that was neat. We saw like young Harrison Ford there for a second. That looks kind of neat. But like it was nothing like, oh, wow, like I'm so in. Like this looks totally cool. Like there's nothing in the trailer that looks amazing ever. Yeah. No. No, and it's funny how they they would dial up the flea bag and then dial back the flea bag in the trailer. Like you could tell, I feel like she threw in the capitalism line. Yeah, which like which they just, they put in the trailers and then they took out yeah. the trailers. Yeah, I just don't like. I don't know. You could just you could feel like that happening either like in a writing session or on set where they're like, "Ooh, this will be funny to do," but I just don't know like. It doesn't feel cohesive. It it feels like somebody from the modern era coming in to like make a joke. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's that's kind of antithetical to these movies. Mm -hmm. These these. I mean, I'm not saying I need a lot of really disgusting old tropes, but I don't need these movies to be making the same kind of mindset jokes that i you don't want to you want to want to feel like you're reading twitter watching this movie yeah i was i was going to use a word that i don't want to use because i'm not ron DeSantis, but like yeah what was he up to lately making campaign videos with a bunch of coiled up men or something like that i check twitter like once a day now and i'm just like what the fuck is happening and i just close it um anyway phoebe waller bridge my hot take is i don't think her character really works in this movie because it's like she's conning him at first it seems like she's like the eager goddaughter who wants to like follow in his footsteps but then it's all a con she just wants this item so she can sell it um but then she's like i don't know just like a real scoundrel and it's got like dudes trying to kill her and tangiers and 
She's got this weird, her own short round, like sidekick who's a pickpocket. And then at the end, suddenly she really cares about Indy and like wants to like bring him back because, you know, there are people who need him. It's like, it never felt like a cohesive character to me. I think typically the, the her being a real scoundrel and femme fatale thing is something you would do if she was like the potential female love interest. Yeah. Which she's obviously not. She's not. For yeah. A lot of reasons. But it's just the character is not it's it's not even Fleabag's fault. It's that the, the character is not realized enough. And it felt like they wanted a twist to be like, oh, you think she's following in Indy's footsteps, but actually she's like, you know, just like a kind of grim and gritty, you know, capitalist who just wants to like steal stuff and sell it for money. You know, like, it, I don't know. It's like, why did that need to be there? Really? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think the Indiana Jones franchise, like, I guess the first big twist thing that I can think of was the whole um, uh, Elsa being working for the Nazis in Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. And they kind of like tried to duplicate that with Ray Winstone and Crystal Skull, where he just like keeps switching sides over and over again. And now oh. here it's like, ooh, whose side is Sleebag on? It's just, I don't know. It's like, we don't, we don't need to do this. You know, you can just play it straight. All three intense sex symbols. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, the second big twist was uh, later when you find out that Henry Jones Sr. and Jr. had both betted Elsa. <laughs> I was the next man. <laughs> That's a great movie. It's a fucking, I, you know, like people, there's a real debate on Twitter this past week about which is the better movie. Mm-hmm. I think Raiders is a better movie. I think Last Crusade's probably still like my it's the Indiana most enjoyable. Yeah, it's everyone's favorite yeah. just because it's, I mean, you got Sean Connery in there. It's hard not to love it. And I, I, I would still fight hard for the first 10 minutes of uh, Temple goes. of Doom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, everything until they jump out of the airplane is fucking amazing. I, as a kid, I always loved like the, the minecart stuff. That, that yeah, was all cool too. Yeah, all, the, all that stuff. And like, and they're, they're ripping the dude's heart out is like kind of unimpeachable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it becomes like a weird, problematic horror movie. <laughs> And and yeah, I'm I'm sure we've podcasted about this movie. I just we don't have, remember any yeah. of it. Long long ago. Probably yeah. ten years ago. Maybe not that long. Maybe more like seven. Anyway. But um yeah, the horse chase scene happens. It's fun. It's too long, like every single chase se- sequence in this movie. It just goes on for too long. Yeah. Um it did really feel like we were missing Spielberg's like visual inventiveness in this movie. James Mangold nope. just isn't that kind of director. Yep. Like Spielberg is always doing like really clever things in Indiana Jones movies. Like it's almost like his playground for that sort of thing. Uh, you know, we, we to, don't even get the the dissolve from the Paramount logo because it's not a Paramount movie. He knows how to Spielberg knows how to move a camera and keep it moving. He knows how to cut something. Like even just the way, and I don't remember the specifics now. The way the face and the silhouette of Indiana Jones is introduced in this movie is not as interesting as it was even in Crystal Skull. Like. Yeah. They like Spielberg the, is like the mask off, I think, right? He's like yeah. in the hood. Yeah. Spielberg is like, this, we got a fucking iconography here. We're gonna play it up. I did think in the flashback with young Helena, I, I was thinking when she hands him the hat, I was thinking that he was gonna hand her the hat at the end, but that would have probably the, the caused one, fanboys to shit a brick. Yeah, the one visual moment that I even stuck out to me was they do a um look into the airplane window. Air, Indy looks in the airplane window, flashback, and then we come out through uh another airplane window to helena Her. like it's That's like it's like it was a nice little handoff i was like oh that was clever but that was like the only thing that stuck out to me yeah like yeah 
Spielberg is, I mean, you know, he's Spielberg. It, there's a reason he is, you know, so revered. He is a master, especially at like, like set pieces. Like nobody does a set piece better than him. This movie has a lot of set pieces, but it, it's just, I don't know. It's like, it's like Mangold doesn't know how to like go to a, a real set that they've like spent like three weeks building and figure out all the cool shit you can do on that set to like be really clever and inventive, you know? Here's how I'd put it. If this was like, we were redoing Indiana Jones as like a HBO TV show, I'd hire James Mangold. Mm -hmm. If we were doing an Indiana Jones as a movie, I would do it. I would move heaven and earth to get Steven Spielberg. I mean, who, who would you even hire instead of Spielberg? I'm not, I don't even know. Now there's a person I would have named 10 years ago. Joss Whedon. No, 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 no. Roman Polanski. No. Woody Allen. Wouldn't it be longer for Roman Polanski (laughs) and Woody Allen? (laughs) Woody Allen was in trouble when we we were kids. Uh, No, it's somebody who I hate even more than all of these people on a personal level. Really? Who? He caused the pandemic with his movie that came out in 2019. That is very true. That is very true. I suppose yeah. he does do better uh, set pieces. Than he did a Mangold. whole movie yeah. that was Spielberg porn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, JJ. Of course, talking about JJ. John Jeffrey. Yeah, the father of Gracie. Mm-hmm. I wonder what would the JJ Abrams style of Destiny look like? Would it have been better? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I will give him that much credit. Um, also, this movie had four writers. One of them was James Mangold, who is not a writer. Um, yeah, I I saw it in the in the IMDb trivia. Apparently, like Denny Villeneuve and his brother like wrote, like they just like on their own just went and wrote a script for an Indiana Jones movie, and were like, and they're like, this is like this is actually this would be an amazing movie, and they couldn't get Kathleen Kennedy to read it or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know who I would want to be my modern visually inventive. I mean, like. Obviously, well, somebody have, like Fincher like knows what to do with a camera, but he's like so different of a vibe than Spielberg, you know. I I don't know. Mangold relies a lot on Jez Butterworth, who have you looked at that guy's IMDb? Yeah, it's it's real Oof, hit or miss. Yeah. Real hit or miss. I mean, I like maybe Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, Edge of Tomorrow is maybe the thing that's his highlight, and some some script doctoring on Cruella. So we get to Tangiers. It turns out Helena is just like wants to sell the the uh, the half of the dial of destiny that she has because she owes a lot of money to various people. This sequence is all very confusing because it's like she's paid off these cops and she's at this club, but then like the club owner turns out to like want her dead because she like I don't know cucked her son, his son or something like. Well, the the movie is it's playing of her as a type of trope that doesn't have enough time to let breathe or have fun with or let her enjoy the confident sexuality she's trying to exude because it's like every time there's a hot guy she's like ooh not bad I'm gonna get some of that or she's but that's like, just like bag though you know it's like I don't know if that really belongs in this movie it just, unless yeah, she's it like because she's not the main character like if you're just yeah. going to make a movie about Helena Shaw like low trotting you know, scoundrel, like that would be one thing, but like, yeah, yeah, it's just weird to have her trying to do that on the side. Well, and it feels like though, after we leave America, we're not really in because American filmgoers don't have a sense of what 1969 Europe and Africa look like. Well, because so there's, we might as well be back in the thirties. They're in Tangiers so forever. Yeah. And then they go to, um, I think 
Syracuse where they go? I can't remember where they go next. The Greek, like there's like a couple different locations that look like the same place. They just all look kind of beige. You know what I mean? And it's like yeah. this doesn't there's not enough like visual differences here to like Tangier to Greece. Yeah. They needed to go to the part of the Greece where it's like super white, um, like on the whoa, aisles. Whoa, no, whoa. the the architecture. I mean. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Like people go on yeah, vacation yeah. there where it's like yeah, these like yeah. really white, white stucco walls, like kind of they blinding white. They need to white. go to like Mamma Mia country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, like it's something where it's uh, you can definitely say, oh, yes, that is not the same place I was 10 minutes ago. Right, right. Well, so this movie is skipping over like things in movies that are always fun. You should spend time with the whole like, like she knows the message and he knows the code. Like. That's that's fucking Sergio Leone gold, and we're not doing it. I mean, especially at the and end, it's when, not even the code that, when that they, he can do. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not even the right code. It's like, why, why, why did you do that? And then they they shoot Indy at one point, and then they're like, bring him. And you're like, why? And it's like, it, it would be one thing if it was like he's the only one who can who knows you know can read the uh, the dial or whatever. Like, but no, it's not that. It's like Doctor Voller wants to bring Indy along at the end just to like, I don't know own him or something prove him wrong if you like see see told you it'd work but voller's not even like developed enough to 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 have that kind of antagonistic relationship so as you can say the fact when they meet again they're both kind of like do i recognize you it's like voller should have been like hate masturbating over indiana jones's face every day for the, the whole time years. is just like shouldn't you be dead like yeah. You got like fucking annihilated by that like spur that like knocked you off a train. How are also, you still alive? You look great mm-hmm. for your age. Yeah. I mean, the, the bullet, the shoulder. I just kept thinking like the last act would have been like, no, Helena, I want to stay here. Yeah. So we have the Tangiers chase, which also goes on forever because it's like, it's not just them chasing uh, Dr. Voller. There's like this other guy that you know like the son of the nightclub owner or the mobster or whatever who like wants to kill them and so it's it's this constant and, and he's chasing her and she's trying to get away from him and it's like it's too much that isn't interesting enough to go on for that long the trailer was better in this part with um the the kid saying turn this way and Indy's like i know tangiers and he goes the other way like the yeah. movie could have taken a great moment to been like hey indy some things have changed but I just feel like people in you the just chase. need to get the stopwatch out, and it's like, hey, this chase can't last for more than two minutes. Like, let's just get in, get out, and move on to the next yeah. thing. Also, it has to look interesting, and it doesn't ever really do that. And I don't believe that fucking cart is going to survive all that. No. Why is Teddy in this movie? I was asking myself that question the entire second half of the movie, and then I thought I had an answer at one point. I was like, oh, I get it. I get what they're doing. Teddy is going to become Archimedes. That's why he's that's why they did all this script engineering to get him in another fucking plane that's going to go through the portal. Like, it's like, why are we bothering with Teddy unless it's going to like be something where he does something in the past? And then, no, n- nothing at all. He's just there. And I'm like, why is he in this movie? Also, you got to feel bad for that guy who was somehow sleeping in the back of that plane. Well, you know why that guy's there? Because Teddy, it, it's one thing to say Teddy could figure out how to take off in a plane, but he definitely yeah. wouldn't know how to land it. So we have to put yeah. another pilot there to help yeah. him land the plane. And it's like, there are so many other ways you could have gotten another plane into the past. That could have just been Helena in that plane, mm-hmm. you know, chasing the the Indy, the plane that Indy's been, you know, kidnapped and, and put inside. Like, that would have been real easy. Helena didn't need to do, like, some fucking 
you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger shit and like leap onto the, uh, the, the wheel of the t- plane that's taking off and like climb up into the wheel. Well, like we didn't need to do that. How hungover do you have to be that you don't realize your plane's taken off? Especially a plane that size. Yeah. Now he's Greek. Maybe. Hmm. Is it in Greece then? I don't remember, but yeah, he's like yeah. slamming that Uzo mm-hmm. slamming it. Um, yeah, I mean, but like Teddy, completely wasted. Teddy should have been the fucking thing with Mutt and all that stuff, but no. I mean, if you're gonna have a Teddy in the movie, then I kind of think you don't want a Phoebe Waller Bridge in the movie. No, yeah. you know, it's like too many sidekicks. It's just like Indy and a sidekick, or if it's Indy and, and his goddaughter, it's like okay, well, we we don't have any room for a Teddy here. Yeah, yeah. The kid could have been a lot more annoying. He wasn't. He was. He didn't annoy me. I was just like, "Why is this kid here?" Like, it's just like we're making the same mistake we made in Crystal Skull. There's like too many extra characters constantly. Yeah. Well, just I don't know. It's crazy when you go back and you look at Short Round for like the kid sidekick, a kid addition mm. to the team. He's never really that annoying. Like he's always a kid. I mean, because he's awesome. That's why he's 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 fucking useful. They, I believe that they've had a history that they've been traveling together for some time. Yeah. This kid was definitely supposed to be like, oh, let's give Helena her own short round. But it's just like you're adding that onto this other Indiana Jones movie that's happening at the same time and contriving all these different ways for him to still be involved in the plot. He just like randomly gets kidnapped at one point. It's like, don't worry, they'll keep him alive. Why? Like, Why are they kidnapping him to begin with? It's like, yeah, I thought Indy would have been a lot more concerned, but also I thought she would have been a lot more concerned. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they 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 have this like shared ethos of like in it for the money, you know, fuck the police or whatever. I don't know. It's just like a weird thing to base uh, like a character relationship on. Hey, having your own ethnic juvenile sidekick is very in right now. Mm-hmm. It's like back when people used to have a little dog or a purse. I don't know. Yeah, let's see. I think we mentioned Archimedes' tomb. They they set up a whole thing when they're with uh, poor underused Antonio Banderas the frogman where it's like oh teddy can't swim and like somebody has one line it's like oh you just it's like reaching out in front of you and pulling and then later on teddy falls in the water and it's like "Uh uh-oh is this gonna be thing no teddy's fine he's just like ah i've got it i know how to swim it's like why why did you bother to set that up in the first place also is it just me or like that's a horrible way for that guy to die Oh, oh, the dude gets handcuffed. I mean, that was that's a decent way to kill a heavy for sure. You know, I actually he gets handcuffed moment, I, to a great underwater. Yeah, I almost had sympathy for that guy. I was like, "You're you're a monster, Teddy." Yeah, that's it's pretty terrible. fucked up. I was I was almost expecting that guy to somehow like get out of it and come back later, just because, just like dragging the grate behind him. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's because usually those guys are like unkillable. You know, yeah. like it takes a lot. But I mean, it it was fine. I, you know, as as far as Desco is one of the better ones. The way that uh, Boyd Holbrook and Mads Mikkelsen die at the end was like completely forgettable. Did their plane just crash? Yeah, it's just their plane crashes, and then it's like, oh look, there's their bodies. Like, I think um, I was listening to another podcast. I think it was one of the Ringiverse ones where they were saying that um, all the other villains in indie movies somehow get their comeuppance through the like the um the artifacts that they have like too much hubris right. about using you know you know holy grail he drinks the grail he dies you know the ark kills them all the stones make molaram fall uh kate planchett's like brain explodes or whatever when she like tries to learn the alien knowledge and this it's like 
you could kind of say, well, he was stupidly used the device and went to the past and ended up dying because of it. But it's like, it's not nearly as connected, you know? No. Like, it wasn't even like they kept on showing that one random ass, um, like Roman or whoever, like in, in the, in the third act, like, you know, running around killing a bunch of people. And it's like, oh, they're going to run into that guy and he's going to kill him. No, that didn't happen. So, yeah, I don't know. So, that guy managed to Brad Pitt his way. All the way over to Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. only to get two in the back from like Archimedes' boys. It's just random, yeah. And then Archimedes shows up. I know we're skipping ahead a little bit, but he shows up, and it's like, oh, I bet they're going to have something profound to say to each other. No, not really. They're just kind of both confused. And, and- the the only thing I liked about the Archimedes device and all that stuff in the Covenant is that the thing only will bring you to him. Sure. I mean, I I, mean- I, I like the bootstrap paradox thing you know like I, I think they could have leaned in more to that like it just it, it everything just felt so belabored like it's like people don't know how to write screenplays anymore they don't seem to know a better way to move for like from scene to scene these days um so we did Wouldn't all that been- work to get to archimedes and they didn't really have much to say to each other other than that like like i think it's helena just fills in for us she's like you were always supposed you would all, always have come yeah. here you know it's like like he can't explain it himself even archimedes okay. or anything because the fucking movie has hit the goddamn gas at that point and they're like we got to wrap this thing up like we've taken way too long to get here like another a different movie would have had another hurdle of actually using the thing to get back through the fissure no she punches him it, it cuts the black and then we're yeah. back in his apartment it's like what like That's we didn't a, see him take off again in a in in even if you return successfully to 1969 that is a 20-hour journey that that we've just skipped over yeah. Not even including going back and t- or going forward in time and all that shit. Yeah, it's but like there would have been something where it's just like the fissure was closing and like now you got to use this thing because I mean you could argue that that should be didn't... the easy part of the movie to make. It's like oh you're cooking with gas now, man. You're in the past. There's like Roman legionnaires yeah. and like catapults and shit. And yeah, it's like well, oh the... now it's on. And instead it just cuts and we're back in present day. The whole movie should have been at least twenty minutes shorter, and it should have gotten to the past thirty minutes earlier. The movie, this movie is two hours and 40 minutes or something insane. Um, this should be like a hundred minute movie. Yeah. Right. Like you should, you should be getting to the past in act three, like, you know, an hour and 10 minutes in. Well, right off the bat, you don't need the 25 minute prologue. No, that should be a 10 minute prologue, you know? Yeah. 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 Including credits and like hat, hat man silhouette. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Indy getting shot, like it. It's like it wasn't serious enough to like be like, oh, Indy might die because he's like seems fine afterwards for like a long time. Yeah, like how long was it between him getting shot and like him going to the past? Like he he should have died on the parachute jump out. Yeah, yeah. The real Shane death. I just love that, like. We have to have a scene early of Teddy like pretending to fly a plane with a fake cockpit like early in the movie so that we can have him fly a real plane later. Um, but then like we, we Teddy can't land the planes. So we got to put the sleeping pilot in the plane so they can land the plane and we have to land the plane so that they'll have a way to get back because the other plane's going to crash. And it's just like this is so much work. There's got to be an easier way to do this. Well, the movie's also again 
hitting the gas because it's mm-hmm. like we got to wrap this stuff up. It's like there's like somebody off screen was like snapping their fingers and like making that like roll it, roll it, you know, I mean, the, the playing through the storm portal is certainly cool. But like at any point in the writing process where they're like, do they have to fly through a portal? Is there any other way we could do this? You know, like At least I, I, the only thing that they did right was by having you fly at night and come to the portal in its daytime. Yeah. Because that is very jarring and it looks mm-hmm. very cool for where you are. Also, did I talk about how how wasted and boring Toby Jones is in this movie? Yeah, he's pretty bland. Um, I mean, he is the least interesting sidekick. He is more boring than whoever the pilot is at the beginning of Raiders. Oh, that guy. Wow. Yeah, that guy. I mean, the the emotional catharsis there of Indy, he's he finally gets to see the history that he's always been studying, like. That was good, him saying, you know, like, what do I have to go back to? And then it just, it cuts so quickly. I feel like we didn't have time to really, like, appreciate, you know, the, that moment at all. And I, no. I wonder if they were concerned that they were veering too close to, like, all the recent multiverse shit that's, like, in other... Because there's, like, a lot of movies recently where it's, like, we have to go back in time and change this, or we have to no kidding. use magic to really? change this. Yeah. Really? A lot, a lot of multiverse shit lately? We're not, uh-huh. like, fucking inundated by the goddamn multiverse and apparently i think john williams mentioned that he had to redo the score because they're changing the ending of the movie so mm. i wonder if this in i mean it must have ended some other way i wonder what it was that they like you know did they have indie stay in the past or did they like do some sort of other timey-wimey stuff i don't know on a minor note too that that like speech he's giving for a movie that is so just drenched in effects there's something nice about seeing Harrison Ford emoting while his hair is clearly blowing in real wind, mm-hmm. like makes it feel very real. Yeah. This movie, I, it needed more real sets, you know, not to sound like a broken record on this kind of thing, but like you could tell when they're shooting in real locations and when we we're just seeing a bunch of CGI. Yeah. All right. Do we have anything else to say about the movie before you get to power rankings? No, oh, I mean, just the ending, Marion, uh, again, it just felt like they were hitting the gas. Like it was the quick version. Like, like I feel like some studio note was like, "Give me the quick version of Tell Me Where It Hurts." Gets me there. Uh, Solid really shows know. up again. He's like, "Let's go get ice cream." I run. I think Teddy was there. It's like, are they going to adopt yeah. Teddy now? Okay, they got well. You got Sala. You got Teddy. You got like Sala's two grandkids who were apparently super history buffs. Um, supposedly there's a spinoff TV show, but like it's not the Helena Shaw show. So who knows what the fuck this is going to be. Um, the final shot, we're closing the curtain. It's nice that Indy never gives up, but are we saying that Indy always wears his hat to fuck? Yes. Keeps the okay. hat on. Is that the thing? I'm like, is that like a thing? Like the 10 years they were married, he's just like, well, always like, oh, Mary, stays I'm in the on. mood. I'm putting the hat on. Or like, she's in the mood. He's in the mood. He's like, where the fuck's my hat? I can't shoot without it. But where'd you put my goddamn hat? <laughs> He's like wearing it in the other room. Fuck no. Whips it off his head. <laughs> what? I Here's a question. Does can does Indy really work outside of like World War II, pre-World War II? I feel like we've had two movies that make us wonder about that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like, and they're, they're going to places that aren't as like technologically, you know, advanced for a lot of the movie. You know, it's like we're in Tangiers and like, you know, Greek, like 
old Greek ruins and whatnot. So it's like it's not as noticeable in this one. Well, the but, the, the problem is he is a character of pulp storytelling that's yeah. centered around this time period. So you've had two movies. You had one movie where he's doing like the 50 spaceman sci-fi tropes. And you got like the kind of Vietnam, you know, like landing on Mars era where you're just basically taking it back to a lot of like World War II pulpy tropes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's... maybe, you know, I, number one, maybe we don't need to make more of these movies. Number two, if you are, maybe you want to stick in that era that they're kind of pulled from originally, you know, like all their, all their inspirations are from. But that for a lot for a lot of reasons, but that being one of them is probably why the Young and the Ann Jones Chronicles didn't work. Is I don't know. I like those at least some, but those are like that was like an educational entertainment show. You know what I mean? Like that show is very much like you're going to learn some history in every episode. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I had one more question I wanted to ask you. I can't remember. Yeah, a spinoff though with Helena Shot like. Doing what? Like in the seventies? No, it's, it's it's apparently not Helen the Shaw, mm. which would be the only spinoff that would be interesting. Yeah, but, but again, you'd have to take her in the seventies. You'd have to make it re- like relevant to that genre of, of storytelling. I and mean, what would it be then? Like a weird paranoia spy movie? Or, or it would be some or... kind of uh, of like the seventies esque, like a uh, uh, British kind of hero. Mm. But some similar stuff that she's doing in this, but it would be more fitting, I would think. I don't know. I, oh, I don't know what one last do. thing I want to ask you. Did you ever play the Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis like computer game? I did not. Well, it was cool. It was like a whole thing where he like discovers, you know, Atlantis and I think it they raise it at the end of the thing. Like that would have like you could have just adapted that into a movie, it would have been fine, you know. But like that's nineteen thirties indie, which you can't do because Harrison Ford is older and I don't think you it wouldn't you couldn't do a whole movie with de-aging that would just be weird um so I mean, yeah question for you would you if you're climbing up a rock with Indiana Jones and he starts listing off like his resume like he does to her I mean granted maybe that's not the time but like wouldn't you have bookmarked like I want to ask you about the blood of Kali mm-hmm. and the voodoo and the interdimensional I mean, aliens just like he's later? a weird old man you know yeah <laughs> like, sure know. sure thing old timer yeah yeah. All right. Let's do power rankings. There should have been a chase sequence though, where he's going after somebody and he has to stop because like his knee hurts or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, there's none of that in this movie. I mean, that's he even that's he why... even name checks like like parts of me are falling apart, yeah. but he never once, even though he's been shot and bleeding out for thirty minutes, he never once has like physical impairments as an eighty year old man. But the, like that's why Phoebe Waller Bridge is in this movie is you need a younger person to carry some of the action load in it. But I, I but she, feel like they they still haven't figured out how to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like at least in Dark Knight Rises, they're like you have no like no cartilage. Left in your yeah. Knee. yeah. Oh, sorry. Power rankings. I have twelve. I have ten. So you go first. Boyd Holbrook is my number twelve. To be honest, he did not make my list. Teddy is my number eleven. All right. My number ten. You're gonna like this one. I just thought it was amusing that the. The way that this character is used in the story, Mutt Jones, <laughs> died off screen. I have him higher. Wow, I like it. Um, I have my an extremely 10. hot take about him coming up and make one change. My my ten is Mads Mikkelsen. Okay, I have him a little higher, not much. Uh, my number nine is Teddy. Why are you in this movie, Teddy? Like you weren't like annoying. You were fine. I'm just like not sure what you brought to the table, really. Uh. 
my number nine is uh the big nazi henchman oh yeah i don't have that guy i should probably have him higher because he at least had a cool death yeah. Uh, at number eight, I have Archimedes. It really seemed like you were going to be interesting there for a second, and then you just weren't, and then we cut away from you. I, I have him in here, but not not there. Uh, he could have been eight. Teddy. I'm just saying he could have been Teddy. That would have been something. You'd have been like, oh, bootstrap paradox. My number eight is Agent Mason. I actually would have put her lower, but I felt bad putting her after a Nazi. So, Who's Agent Mason? Eight. Oh, the CIA She's, agent, right? Yeah, CIA agent, yeah. Uh, I had Dr. Bowler at number seven. I seven like Matt Archimedes. Mickelson. Seven is Archimedes because it's Archimedes, but mm-hmm. yeah, boring, boring ass character. Just a dude in a toga who's just yeah. like mostly confused. Yeah. It, they're like, it, I don't know. There was in Last Crusade, the Grail Knight, he's just like, I've been waiting. For, and I don't know. There's, there's gravity to that. You know, it's like, you know, choose wisely. Like, it's like you remember that guy. Nobody's going to remember Archimedes in this movie. It would have been something if Archimedes stole the the dial that they brought with them. It's mm-hmm. like he had never acted. Like it's just a weird paradox of it, just like going back and forth in a loop, like the like the watch and lost. Yeah. Hold on, number six. Yeah. So you had Archimedes at six. I had Archimedes at seven. What's your six? Sala. It's a legacy choice, mm-hmm. not because I agree with uh, John Reese Davis anything now <laughs> politically. I have. Basil Shaw at number six. Remember that guy? He's not on my list at all. I yeah. totally forgot about him. <laughs> Toby Jones. Uh, my number five is Selena Shaw. Okay. I've got Marion at five. Um, it's always nice to see her. Although it like it was a little weird because in the at the end of Crystal Skull, it's like, hey, Indy and Marion, they're back together, and this is kind of their hurrah. And then in this movie, they're like, nope, they got divorced, so they're about to get divorced. But then she shows up at the end. It's like, hey, okay, they're together, they're together again. And this is their nice send-off. It's like you kind of just did the same ending twice in a way. You know, there, there's a little more emotion in this one, but it's, you know. I like how from Marion's point of view, she's back because he's a sad sack of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a, clearly Helena Shaw has like gone and like looked her up and been like, look. You got to get back here, man. This guy's a fucking wreck of a human being. She's like, look, you don't need him, but he needs you. Mm-hmm. He, in a Homer Simpson way, he needs you so hard it hurts. I, mean, I think there's yeah. there's something going on because he says, you know, I would I would tell my son he's going to die. And I tell him that his mother will be like so, you know, bereft that I wasn't able to Won't console to- her. But like clearly it's the other way where it's like India is yeah. the one who like can't can't deal with it. I wonder or, or, or like, does she just get it together because he's so pathetic now? Um, my number four is Marion, because legacy wise, I just, just excited to see her back. Yeah, I got Solid number four. Solid has the one of the best lines, the trailer line. You know, I miss the ocean, or I miss the desert, I miss the sea. Like, he really nails that line. Where it comes in the movie, like it, it's kind of just out of nowhere. Yeah, you're like, okay, but I don't know. At least he can deliver a good line. Also, I feel like there's a bad joke of him just being a taxi driver in New York. Was he a taxi driver? Yeah, I believe he's a taxi driver. I thought they just got out of a taxi. I thought it was his taxi. Oh, I, I didn't realize that. I, I mean, if it's not, great, because I feel like it's a bad joke if he is a taxi driver in New York. Give him mad at Indiana Jones. Well, watch out for that car, though. <laughs> uh, I already got three. I have Mutt Williams. Mutt, wow, that's high ranking for Mutt. 
I'm not getting it done. Because I, I was like, what are you going to do about this character? He's not in the movie, but how, how are you going to handle this? This is like one of the few forced things that I think works. All right. Uh, I've got Helena shot at three. Not that I thought she worked particularly well. I just wouldn't know where else to put her, really. Um, I don't know. I like Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I think she should go... They, like, if you believe in her talent, stop trying to force her into other blockbuster like IP franchises and just like let her do her own thing. That's my feeling. Uh, And like, you know, maybe just make a hundred million dollar movie instead of a $300 million movie and see how that goes. Yeah. My number two, even though it's the least it's been in any of these movies, I think is John Williams because John Williams is still John Williams. Yeah. I did not put him or Mangold or anyone else there. I've got Ronaldo at number two. Who's Ronaldo? You ask. That's yeah. uh, Antonio Banderas' character, That's who right. is criminally wasted. Like, as soon as he showed up on screen, his whole look is, like, scruffiness. I was just like, man, this guy looks like he lives in an Indiana Jones, like, movie. Like, he, he looks like he fits in perfectly. And then they just, like, did next to nothing with him. The other guy, the other grizzled old guy mm-hmm. in that boat has a line that is so tropey, it's ridiculous. When he's explaining the lines, and he's like, don't get the lines crossed. Yeah. It's like... Where you're going, there's no fucking way you're not going to get. But nothing comes to that. But it's like there's no way they're not going to get tangled. So yeah. don't even put it in there. But like you, it's line. like you're you're expecting that in 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 1984 or whatever in the right and Indian Jones movie, and somebody puts a line and says, "Be careful, you don't do this." You know that that this is going to happen and it's going to like lead to you know like some sort of interesting sequence. Whereas in here, it's like nothing really comes of it. Like the yeah, whole the, like makes three minutes tops on the bottom. You're like, okay. We got a cool timer. That's, you know, we're going to maybe we'll see some to get the bends or it'll be cool. No, just nothing. Oh, my God. If, if Harrison Ford just came up crazy, that'd yeah. be so fun. Just like insane. Like, oh, why not, why not have, have like uh, Antonio Banderas or like one of the other dudes, like, you know, get the bends and like, you know, like it's, it's all well, that, like that whole sequence is hilarious because it's like these grizzled old Spanish guys on a boat playing cards, chewing cigars. They show up and I'm like, OK, these guys are frogmen. That guy's got one leg. How the hell is this going to work? And then thank God the day of, it's like, oh yeah, by the way, we got the one young hunk guy. Mm-hmm. He actually works for us. He's diving with us. That dude might as well put on a red shirt before he went into the water. Seriously. Well, I, I like how they had like the nice color-coded vests, like so you know which one's Indy and which one's Helena when they're down, you know, covered in like masks and whatnot. I don't think I even really noticed. Honestly, I think... It was like Indy's was like kind of like a reddish and the other one was Helena's was yellow or something like that. I probably said this on a previous podcast. Outside of the abyss, I think most underwater sequences are fucking boring. Whenever they, a movie that I think does they not can primarily be really take, interesting, I just think they're usually not. Whenever a movie that does not primarily take place underwater has like a long underwater sequence, it's usually fucking boring. Did you ever see Way of Water? No, I've never saw the first one. You never saw the first one. Okay, maybe we should do those the movies next. You know, I'll pass. Hmm. Uh, number one's indie, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Harrison Ford just doing everything he can for this movie, which I just, I don't know. It really feels like they, they like put off this movie forever. They've been talking about making another Andy Jones movie for a long time. And it was like, at a certain point it was like, well shit, like if Harrison Ford gets any older, we can't make this. So let's just go with what we have. And they just like shot whatever they had, you know, like we're probably rewriting pages while filming. And it's like, and this is what you get. Like, I don't know how Lucasfilm keeps making this mistake over and over and over again. Like, Take your time. Get it right. Like every time you rush one of these things, it just doesn't work out well for you. This is cynical and shitty. And I know, but like, it's almost like he got uh, a bad prognosis 10 years ago. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to revisit all the roles that made me money. 
Like, I'm almost shocked that he's in this Marvel I mean, the, movie. The, the bad prognosis he got was Lucasfilm got sold to Disney, and they like they'll they'll throw money at him to make these movies, basically. But like, he made the joke. Which, by the way, that was that, ten years ago. Yikes! He made the joke with Crystal Skull, where he's like, "I'll do another one if it doesn't take another eighteen years to make." Mm-hmm. Maybe it should have taken eighteen years to make. This I mean, movie. it took sixteen. Took yeah. Yeah, like oh, that was two thousand seven, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. It took a while. You got close to eighteen. Uh, <laughs> so I I didn't get to parse all of the IMDb trivia. Oh, real quick, do you have a make one change? Get a better script. I have an extremely hot take for my make one change. I I, I don't know what could be better than just have a better story to tell. Obviously, one change will not fix this movie, but I would have I would have done some sort of flashback sequence between Indy and Mutt. I feel like it works better if you've seen Mutt earlier in the movie. Hmm. Not I'm not a particularly big fan of Shia LaBeouf, but I, I don't know. It, to me it was just it felt a little too much like like in that movie or in that moment in the movie, I was thinking about, ah, yes, they had to write out uh, Shia LaBeouf, you know, and this is how they're getting rid of him versus like feeling the emotion of the scene. I think it works because Harrison Ford's acting um, the same yeah. way that like, I don't know if you've been seeing any of it, like every press appearance. They have been really hitting these like softball interview questions or people are just like, sir, I just want to take a moment to tell you how much these movies have meant to me and the hard times they've got me through. And then him playing up that like, Oh, I'm really touched. Like, Oh, like this really like he, him getting really emotional. And I feel like it works. He's a great actor and, and maybe it's genuine. I hope it's genuine, but like, there's like, again, there's like a nostalgia thing. Like we, we're going to need, we need to go see this movie because Harrison Ford is touched. I mean, he's doing everything he can. He's breaking his body, promoting mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I didn't get to parse through all the IMDb trivia, but the one I love the most is back in 2015 when there was the rumors of rebooting and recasting of like Chris Pratt or Bradley Cooper, and Harrison Ford came out and flatly said that when I'm gone, he's gone. It's that easy. Yeah, I had the exact same thing for my best piece of IMDb trivia. Yeah, when I'm gone, he's gone. It's easy. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's why we love you, Harrison. <laughs> I mentioned the thing about Denny Villeneuve's brother, like writing like a script proposal for a fifth or even sixth installment um, that's supposed to be good. And they like couldn't get anyone to read it. Um, the, the other one is just a, like classic IMDb dipshittery. It's uh, I'm just going to read this to you. Harrison Ford worked with Antonio Banderas's ex-wife, Melanie Griffith in working girl. Griffith's mother, Tippi Hedren worked with Indy's on-screen father, Sean Connery and Marnie. Her daughter, Dakota Johnson, appeared with Indy's on-screen son, Shia LaBeouf, in the Peanut Butter Falcon. Thank you for that. Who gives a shit? Like, that's just like so nothing. Like, what does that make us? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. I, a lot of podcasts talk about how, how banal and asinine IMDb <laughs> trivia has become. But, like, I wonder there's a way you could really focus on it and, like, search for, like, the most useless IMDb trivia. Yeah. Oh, it's, 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 there's always one that's like these characters are all in the MCU. It's like fucking great. Yeah, every actor's in the MCU. That's like not really interesting. But it, it's always like there's like like thirty percent of these trivia things now are like a six degrees thing, mm-hmm. 
And it's like occasionally you get the one where it's like they say the word fuck 137 times or whatever. Is this movie better than I am number four? Yes. I think we can say yes. Is it better than Jack Reacher? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I can say yes to that. It's definitely not better than Jurassic Park. No. No. All right. Well, before we close this up, should mention this podcast is sponsored by the Trouble Girl Detective Mystery Series. Go to Trouble Always Finds Me or My Name is Trouble or TroubleTakesAHoliday.com. Any of those three will get you to a page where you can learn all about a girl detective named Trouble who solves mysteries. It's really good. Check it out. They're books. Um, fourth one's coming along. Might have some pages for you soon. Hey, cool. What are we going to do next? Cool summer uh, pod? Yeah. All right. Stay tuned for that. All right. Bye-bye. There's no, there's no May the Force Be With You for Indy, I guess. No, it's just... Uh, I'll simply close it by saying, Marco, you belong in a museum. I, I think it's just like Nazis. I hate these guys. Seriously. <laughs> Later. Later.